Welcome to this week's edition of the Story Behind the Stories for the Nipah Banner and Press dated November 15th, 2019. Month and a half left before we hit the end of the year. <laughs> Not quite sure how that happened. Uh, this week, uh, I, Kate Jackman Atkinson, am joined by Owen Devro and Cassandra Wareham, and we are going to walk you through the stories behind the stories in this week's paper. A uh, little bit of a short week with the with the day off for Remembrance Day, um, although yep. that doesn't mean that we weren't working. Oh uh, boy, was <laughs> 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 and we're actually going to start off with our Remembrance Day coverage. Yep. Yeah. You, you make a very good point there, Kate. It was a short week, and you <laughs> always got catching up to do. You pay for it on the Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. So. I think we're in the office until about 6.30ish, at least. Yeah. 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 yeah I got it. I was, I was at home by then, but I got a text <laughs> from Owen, and I thought, ooh, I thought it would be a long day, but... Well, again, the story behind the stories, the fact that every week we Tetris this paper together to try and make sure that everything fits. Mm -hmm. And we had some very interesting <laughs> sort of efforts to get, uh, especially the sports dinner yeah. in on the page, because uh, we had to carry it over to a second page, yeah. but almost every page at that moment <laughs> in time had something on it. Yeah, there was no second page to no. carry it on to. Yeah. Um, so on the plus side, we've got a good start on next week's paper. Yeah. Um, and uh, we'd, we'd really appreciate some more ads so that we can include all of this fantastic information that, we, that could have gone this week, plus all of the new stuff that's going to happen leading up to next week. That's true. We already got a bunch of leads on the go. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so if you want to purchase some advertising, you can contact us at ads at nipuabanner.com. Man, we are going in I early on that. We're going strong on this well, house. <laughs> more ads means we can potentially get more pages to put more news in. Well, that, so. yeah. that's it because we, we distribute entirely free of charge. The, what supports carrying all of this news is your ad dollars. So uh, yeah. give us a call. We can help you out. Yep. Uh, so let's talk about what we did get into this week's paper. Which was still a lot. It was still a lot. This is, again, a jam-packed paper. A lot of really good stuff in here. Um, we start off with the Remembrance Day coverage. Um, we did also include a little bit of a history of why, why people wear the poppy, uh, including the poem in Flanders Field, which is probably one of the most famous uh, yep. war poems. And um, you know, we'd heard from some people in the community who maybe weren't sure you know, what the, what the significance of the poppy was, why, why the poppy is chosen as something to, um, you know, to recognize the wars and yep. loss of life. Uh, so we included a little bit of a refresher there for people who maybe don't know or had forgotten. And just to sort of add to this as well, this was the context of it. This was a decision that was made on Thursday, <laughs> Friday of last week. It was made before, and I'm sure even if you're not a hockey <laughs> fan, you've heard of the Hockey Night in Canada Coach's Corner controversy. This was a decision that was made well before that. So, so we were maybe predicting the news, not really sure there. Oh, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But uh, yeah, obviously uh, Remembrance Day, I was able to attend this year's event that occurred at the Yellowhead Hall in Nipawa. Very well attended again, estimate maybe 450 to 500 people in there. It was standing room only, as it is each and every year. I know sometimes people get busy and they want to take advantage of the day off mm -hmm. or maybe it's just too cold and it was a cold day mm -hmm. on November 11th but to all the people who do go out there in person and not just here in Nipawa but in all the communities very appreciative of that and and even the ones that don't go out mm -hmm. that's part of what Canada is that's the freedom to be able to make that decision 
So just as long as everyone takes a moment and just sort of appreciates the opportunities we do have, we're not a perfect country in my estimation, not even close, but we do have a few opportunities and we do have a few things to be very proud of. And, and those are gifts that were given to us by people who gave the ultimate sacrifice. So that's, that's my two cents. Mm -hmm. Uh, in addition to Owen attending the Nipois ceremony, John was out at Kelwood, and we have a picture on page nine of uh, some of the dignitaries at the Kelwood service. Mm -hmm. uh, we also have a picture of two uh, youngsters from Nipois who hung, along with their grandfather, hung poppies uh, on a tree. They've been doing this for, I believe, five years. Uh, yeah, and this year they added some veterans' names to the back of the poppies, so that's in the Silver Ridge area and kind of a nice, uh, you know, way to kind of bring that remembrance back to the personal level. That was really great. I had no idea about that. Yeah. So uh, these types of little stories I love finding out about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yep. so that was nice. Um, we can segue into Ken's column and my column. Unless, Cassandra, do you have any Remembrance Day? Um, hmm. Good question. <laughs> I don't think so at no. the moment, no. All right, no worries. So we'll move on to columns like we have every week. Um, I don't know that we need to spend an awful lot of time on columns this week. Um, Ken, what we thought was going to be our only Don Cherry reference in this week's episode, but turns out it wasn't. So uh, Ken, this week, he goes from Don Cherry to Justin Trudeau to Pierre Trudeau. So if you want to find out how that, uh, how that, that those three individuals flow together beyond their exuberant fashion sense, as Owen yes. pointed out, yes. um, you can read Ken's column, a little bit of history about uh, Pierre Trudeau, uh, kind of some of Ken's thoughts about uh, the country and unity. So. That's what Ken's talking about this week. Yep. So what you're saying is none of us want to touch it with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> I feel like I don't want to put words in Ken's mouth. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, this week, I am also still dealing with slow internet at home. I don't know. I feel like I write about this so much. Um, but do you know what? It's a serious issue. And I, I, you know, I do some work. I do work from home. Uh, on some days and every time that I go to fire up my computer and look something up to write a story I have no internet uh, which is extremely frustrating when you pay I pay more than anyone in town pays for their internet and I get less of it for that price mm -hmm. and I still can't access it when I need to for work and we are seeing the a huge increase in the need for access to internet you know, to broadband internet for work, whether we're talking about um, small businesses, whether we're talking about education, whether we're talking about health service, whether we're talking about precision ag, which is a huge way that that industry is going, and it has a huge requirement for data yep. uh, transfer. Uh, and this is, you know, in the same way that electrification was seen as a, as a necessary utility and brought out to rural communities, um, this really needs to happen for rural broadband. Yep. And again, you've had these uh, commentaries the last one was in July. It, it, it felt like it was sooner than that, but I, I went and looked back, so I felt like enough time had passed that I could does it get feel, on this again. Does it feel sometimes like yelling into the wind because nobody seems to be, nobody seems to be moving on this? I well, mean, a little bit, but you know, I mean, in July the government did, the federal government did come out with their new plan, and they are recognizing that rural broadband is is a necessity and the CRTC has set a, I believe it was the CRTC, has set a standard 
for upgrades, and that's uh, 50 megabits per second upload and 10 download as the new target. Um, the previous one was five and one, so the, the standards are keeping pace with the increased demand for data, um, you know, but, but for reference, on when I could actually access my internet at home, I ran a little speed test and I was at uh, 15, two and one. So 15, two upload compared to the target of 50 and one download compared to the target of 10. So still a long ways off. And I'm not really that far from town. Once again, I sort of got to ask, um, what is that? Does that mean you're back in 1997 internet? Well, not quite. So we're not like, tee, tee, tee. it's yeah. not like that, which Cassandra probably never had the pleasure of I don't think so, no. no. I, d I didn't have uh, to deal with dial-up, and I'm thankful my ears would not yeah. agree with it. Yeah, that's, yeah, you, you should be. Uh, you came at a great time. <laughs> but so it's, it's not that bad, you know. But like, for example, you know, websites will take a while to load yep. and I mean the websites are generally not too bad but say for example like we've been having a heck of a time trying to watch Netflix at night right. get five minutes in communication error not a good connection which I mean is obviously like, watching Netflix at night is not really a uh, you know a necessity of commerce but it's still it's still frustrating and but it's still if, if that can't play there's all this other stuff that also wouldn't work but again the most obvious thing if you pay for something yeah. you should get it yeah yeah, yeah. and I, you know I didn't do it this time but I have in previous and I pay about twice what people in in Nipua who have fantastic internet great internet at the office yeah. um, people here have access to it and I pay about twice that for something that's uh, considerably worse who, who do you have? Let's shame them on air right now. <laughs> well, I don't know. They do some advertising with us. So, and I mean, I guess to be honest, it would be very easy to know because there is literally only one provider. Ah. <laughs> Which is part of the problem, too. There is one provider. Yeah. So, you know who you are. <laughs> shame. Yeah. But thank you for your advertising. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for your money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know, any other thoughts about either the columns? No, just definitely take a few moments and uh, sort of get, get a sense of what's going on in and around the minds of Ken and Kate. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you said it really well because in town here there are issues that I personally experience. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure what our package is for internet provider or you know service provider for uh, MTS or what have you, but it's certainly not to the extent that people like you have to deal with and yep. the fact that you're paying twice as much to not even really be able to use it mm -hmm. is pretty ridiculous. Yeah. It yeah. certainly and needs to be fixed. Yeah, and it, you know, it certainly, it, and it comes and goes, like for a week, literally every single time I sat down to do work, we had no internet and then you have to go out and you have to reset everything and then you wait and then it still doesn't work. And I, uh, I phoned one time uh, and I talk about this in my column and you know your estimated wait time is 20 to 30 minutes I actually waited on hold for 50 minutes 50 minutes to talk to someone about this um, and I you know and I know that there is there is this idea that you know people make the choice to live outside of urban areas and you know with that comes comes the recognition that you won't get the same services but we need to recognize that today broadband internet is no more luxury than electricity is. Yep. Yeah, it's and considered we, a necessity now, it isn't is it? It is now, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, we had, you know, 50, 60 years ago, we invested in electricity to make that happen so that 
everyone could be connected, and uh, and it, we just have to recognize that this is the same. Right. Um. Okay. From there, ooh, is this this is almost our only sports item of the program, isn't it? And it's yes. not really even sports. I guess Owen's yes. having mercy on you this yeah, week. I know, right? <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate it. Uh, one of these days. One of these days. I'm going to call in <laughs> sick during like the most significant sporting event of our community's history. And one of you is going to have to go cover it. <laughs> I mean, hey, I've taken my turn for <laughs> hockey games yeah. and everything. I think Kate yeah. can have a go at it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But of I, course, I did my time before all yeah. of you came. Yeah. <laughs> so, Owen, tell us about the sports dinner. Well, this is one of those ones that both of you probably would have liked because they fed me. Oh. <laughs> I like uh, that kind of sporting event. And they fed me a very good meal as well, thanks to High Life, obviously, for many of the pork products that were part of it, and to all the volunteers that worked in the kitchen to put this together, because it was part of the annual Nipawa Sports Dinner and Auction. This is a major event for the Nipawa Natives Junior A Hockey Club, a huge fundraiser. And when I say huge this year we can definitely put some exclamation points on that to emphasize just how gigantic it entirely was this is the most successful one i believe that they have had quite honestly ever since they've taken it over from the town of nipawa for sure about five years ago uh, the auction itself brought in nine thousand nine hundred ninety five dollars they missed it by Five dollars. Should have thrown five more bucks in there, Owen. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna bid on on, the, on a media paycheck. Yeah, right. <laughs> but the biggest item that went was a Ron Hextall autographed jersey um, that was donated by the keynote speaker <coughs> Leah Hextall. Uh, but actually, let's uh, let's focus more on the speakers when they were first announced. Uh, broadcaster Leah Hextall who started off at CKX-TV in Brandon, actually left CKX a couple months before I started my career in Brandon. So um, th that's kind of interesting that she started there and she was able to move on to bigger and better things, obviously ESPN, TSN, Sportsnet, um, covering some major events. And those are the types of stories that she shared and the perseverance and the problems she ran into as she made her way through the business. It was very interesting. When I first heard that she was going to be part of it, mm -hmm. I got to admit, I thought, I'm not sure if it's going to sell. We've had some big name mm -hmm. athletes in the past. I'm not sure whether a broadcaster is going to work, but it worked tremendously mm -hmm. uh, above and beyond all the expectations I think anyone had. Fantastic. Uh, as well, the amount of money that was brought in, just under 10000 from the auction, $1,000.50 was given away on the night. You could have you chipped in for one of those. I, I could have. I, I, I never do 50-50s. I don't know, I don't know why. It's, it's the same with the lottery. I, I don't play the lottery on a regular basis, but I'll maybe put a buck in or two when it's at $60 million. <laughs> As if I couldn't make do with three million. <laughs> it's not worth. It's not worth the two minutes of my time. No. I'll play it when it matters. <laughs> but overall, the Nipawan natives and all the representatives there—they're so happy with how it came out. Mm. You can read about it. It's on page two. Carries over. We found space for it. We found space for it on page seven as well. Um, we also talk about the sports people of the year. I'm not going to give you the names on that one because, again, I want you to pick up a coffee. 
I want you to read it. I want you to look at it. Um, these are individuals who were very deserving. Um, as soon as their names were announced, it was like, oh, yeah. Because there's two people this year. And as soon as they were announced, it was like, okay, yeah, that's a good call. They made the right choice this year. You can check it out in this week's edition. Fantastic. Well, it sound, sounds like it was a great event. And, uh, and they were also supporting, in addition to the Nipponados Miles for Mental Health, I believe. That's right. An announcement will be made in the future about how much of the proceeds will be going towards them. Every year they do like to give a little bit back. So uh, good on them. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Yep. So in addition to Sports Person of the Year, we recently had another local individual who was honored with some pretty um, significant accolades. Cassandra, do you want to tell us a little bit about this? Yes, I suppose some congratulations are in order. And I'll try and keep it to the bare bones, really, because it is a very short story, and I want you to check it out for yourself. But uh, Carolyn Durston has a really long history with the Nippon District uh, Fine Arts Festival. And she had her name put forward for a honorary membership to the Federation, or nope, wrong one there, uh, Associated Manitoba Arts Festival. Uh, but then something unexpected happened. Her name was then also put forward uh, for national recognition through the Federation of Canadian Music Festival's National Volunteer of the Year Certificate. So congratulations, Carolyn Derson, on that. Uh, yeah, she's just got an extensive history with the festival through multiple different uh, positions, whether it was being a student or a teacher, or adjudicator, just so, so incredible. She's definitely got a passion for the arts, and I can see how deserving she is of this. Yeah, fantastic. And it was interesting reading the story. You know, she talked about the importance that arts play in, you know, in a person's life, and that's always kind of nice to showcase a bit as well. So we can, we've got our sports, and then we can showcase a little bit about the arts, too. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So this week I wrote a story um, about uh, an individual who has fa is facing some challenges. Yep. Um, this is a resident of Nipua uh, named Anita Ong, and she's lived in her home for 10 years, but this year she's experienced some flooding. Um, there was a, a house built on the neighboring property, and uh, it kind of diverted some water, which um, ended up kind of flowing towards her home. and. Um, this very unfortunate situation, she was flooded twice this year. The two big rainfalls that we had, the water just flowed into our basements. She said it was just like a waterfall. Um, this has, has highlighted some of the challenges that Nipua faces as the community develops. So I had the opportunity in following up on the story. I talked to Anita. I talked to Colleen Sinchichin at the town of Nipua. I also talked to Jeff Braun at Nipua Planning. Um, and, you know, when... As a small town, the houses aren't built that close together, and you don't really run into issues like this because um, because there's lots of space for the water, places for the water to go, um, and so issues of drainage were never really considered in in the development. There wasn't really a mechanism for um, you know inspecting or signing off uh, that new homes don't result in um, negative impacts to their neighbors. The only protection that uh, that Anita really has is that there is one bylaw that was created in 2016 that says um, that you are responsible, let me just find the exact wording here, uh, no roof drainage or surface drainage shall be discharged on stairs or neighboring property. So that's really the only protection that she has. And because of this issue, um, the, t the town is undertaking to add new bylaws that will actually give them the mechanism to um, ensure that new construction does not negatively impact their neighbors and give them kind of mechanism for ensuring that if it does that they that they can actually really 
push to have that rectified. Yeah. Did you hear anything about this in council meetings you covered? Over the course of the year, heading into the fall, yeah, there were some discussions on that. They didn't go into specifics mm -hmm. about Anita's case, nor really mm -hmm. should they in a public domain mm -hmm. such as that. Uh, mm -hmm. But they did talk about there were some issues with some property owners uh, having concerns mm -hmm. in regard to water drainage from new developing properties. Mm -hmm. So it is something that has been examined. But to put a face on it, mm -hmm to sit there at council and sort of just hear the blather mm -hmm. of the process sometimes you can get a little desensitized mm -hmm. to it all mm -hmm. but you put a, a, a face to it mm -hmm. so hopefully definitely page 20 of mm -hmm. this week's edition yeah hopefully this is one that everyone should take a moment mm -hmm. to examine yeah and it's certainly you know we we see the the things that weren't considered as as the community grows which is fantastic but there we're beginning to deal with these issues that larger centers have to deal with um yep. and we have to kind of catch up to make sure that, that that our citizens are you know properly um protected and uh, ensure that everyone no one is seeing their properties really negatively impacted because mm -hmm. of it um ooh, nice segue here owen you want to tell us a bit about town council it's all it's like you laid this out so that you know we could we could segue so nicely you make it a lot easier on me when you do that thank you that's right <laughs> town council let me tell everyone this it's all a bunch of garbage <laughs> this council story was super interesting actually there was some real i would if you only read one town council story this week i encourage you this week yeah. there is only one this week just read this one yes and I literally mean it's all about garbage. Uh, garbage collection, something a couple years ago was the talk of the town because there was some transition over. Well, the three-year contract that had been in effect with this company is now coming to an end at the end of this year. And after several years of examination, the town of Nipawa has decided they're going to move from the manual pickup of garbage, essentially taking your garbage bags, lugging them down, dropping them on the curb, we're going to change to what is called a cart system, although most of us probably know them as garbage bins, the rolly bins. Mm. You've probably seen them if you've gone to Winnipeg to visit friends and family. They have them there. They have them in Brandon. Uh, you're going to have the... We the, have them here you on a do trial have basis them. in yep. the business area. That's why they decided to progress on this, because they tried it on a trial basis for a couple years. Mm -hmm. It feels like it's been going on forever uh, on Mountain because they're just right outside of our business. Mm -hmm. So starting in 2020, they're going to start that up. Mm -hmm. They're going to be sending out, they have sent out information to property owners about the transition. And I hope it goes better than the transition from three years ago, because that was a, a real schlamazel. Mm -hmm. That was just a mess, literally <laughs> and figuratively. <laughs> so hopefully this time around, moving over from just dropping your trash on the corner, to rolling down the bin. Hopefully we'll all figure it out in more than just a week's time mm -hmm. or less than a week's time. Yeah, it was pretty rough that last time. It was very rough. Yep. Yep. It 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 was a it was a train wreck. Yeah. It was it a complete was. another train wreck. And yeah. uh but this time I th I think we're going to figure it out a little mm -hmm. bit sooner. But garbage wasn't garbage bins weren't the only thing there's we we've got some something interesting going on in town and uh, I, you got to tell us about it i know you we, don't like to give away too much but we, seriously people what's going on here we use something in in here called subheads to sort of <laughs> emphasize certain things and one of the subheads was just the first thing that popped into my head as soon as i heard this story who keeps <laughs> flushing moths 
down at Public Works, they had to dislodge a mop from the Hillcrest lift station. Again. It's the third time, I believe. At least the second time, maybe. Oh, uh, no, I'm sorry. Six. The sixth time this has happened. Somebody keeps flushing mop heads down, and that causes issues. Yeah, obviously. As well as certain types of uh, blue... Um, the nitrile gloves. Nitrile yeah, gloves. Yeah. Those are things you can't flush. Mm -hmm. They screw up the system. Stop <laughs> doing it. And council essentially said, yeah, whoever's doing this, stop doing it. You're screwing things up. All right? So definitely read that. There's certain things you can do. There's certain things you can flush. And certain things you can't flush. Just because it will go down does not mean that it should. You absolutely. <laughs> you can probably flush like hygiene products and stuff, but you absolutely should not be doing well, that. Well, actually, no, 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 no. There's other items such as adult diapers and personal hygiene products have been found and are not considered flushable. Exactly. So it, it, the same thing applies to food. Just because you can't eat 100 pounds of wings doesn't mean that you should. <laughs> <laughs> There's a pro tip for today. Yes. yes. Speaking of wings and food, Cassandra, would you like to tell us about a new business that's opening just north of town? Wonderful segue. <laughs> Um, yes, so this is a story that I've been following for quite a while now. Almost since uh, you started here, yeah, hey? Yeah, pretty much, I think. Uh, I think it was like late 2018 mm. I, I started following this. So yeah, it's certainly been a long time. Uh, but the Kellwood Barn is finally open. So that means the community now has access to a gas station and uh, general conveniences locally, which is just amazing because it makes life there so much easier. Yep. Um, did an interview there with uh, Toma Axford uh, regarding the business. Uh, they are running the gas station uh, and convenience store side. And then Connie Defoe, I also did an interview with, is running the restaurant side, the farmer's daughter. And it's just, oh, the food sounds amazing. It looks amazing. And I really hope you give this a read because it's been a long time coming for this community. And I, I think it's making a great addition already. Yep. I think it is too. And to read this story, it sounds like they're really trying to, um, you know, create something of value in multiple ways um, in terms of, you know, the products that they're selling and what they hope to give to the community. And it's really nice. You know, we talk about businesses closing. We talk about you know, challenges rural communities face, and it's just so nice to see such a good news story. Yeah. Absolutely, and I'll be interested to see, like, the different ways that uh, it benefits the community mm -hmm. as well, uh, aside from just, you know, providing this thing that's mm -hmm. been missing for so long, uh, because Connie is making it, like, her mission to provide locally sourced foods uh, wherever she can get that closest to uh, from Kelwood. So that really adds just this added value to her food. Mm -hmm. And then also uh, the Axfords are aiming to highlight local artists as well. So different different values there yeah. that are really interesting. Yeah, it's really great. Yeah, Kelwood's kind of an interesting community like that. And it's really nice to see, um, you know, such a unique vibe coming out of there. Um, we have a couple of events coming up next week, uh, actually three. We have in Nipua, we have Home for Christmas and the annual parade, which are two separate days, but kind of related events. They kind of, there's Home for Christmas on Thursday, which is kind of a local shopping event. And then the Saturday we have the regular uh, Christmas wish sale and the, um, the annual parade. So really uh, make an effort to check these things out. A really great opportunity to uh, pick up some gifts uh, 
locally and in a lot of cases um, you know made locally sold locally really nice way to support your local economy um, and come out and cheer on the parade of lights uh, we we're following a little bit about the preparations for Santa's sleigh so we're hoping to have a little bit of that as something a bit of a, a different a different take for this coming year yeah. also that on Friday in uh, is Gladstone Moonlight Madness so you can go shopping in Nipua on Thursday you can go shopping in Gladstone on Friday and then you can come back to Nipua for the parade on Saturday so that's um, kind of getting into that seasonal stuff which is which is always exciting oh yeah Owen do you want to wrap us up with the breakfast club but not too long because I'm kind of hungry just on page 12 of this week's edition the breakfast club uh, program at the Yellowhead Arena has started up again for the season just go check it out on page 12 because there's a lot of people behind the scenes that put a lot of effort into it. This is one of those really interesting things that kind of operates behind the scenes, behind the surface, but really, um, it's a really great program. Yep. yep. Yeah. No, it's a fantastic program. Um, and I guess on that note, we can start wrapping up this week's episode. Um, again, chock full of news. We talked about a lot of stuff, but there's still a lot more in there. Um, so I would, I would really recommend that you pick up a paper, pick up a hard copy if you're within our coverage area, which goes from north of St. Rose, south to Carberry. We go, our eastern boundary is Westburn, and uh, to the west we go west of Minnedosa. We cover Newdale, Erickson, on and all, that whole area in there. So I would highly recommend that if you are within that coverage area, you pick up a hard copy, uh, which will, of course, be chock full of flyers. Uh, if you're outside of that coverage area, you can also read the entire paper online. This is also great maybe if you don't want to wait for your paper, because we post that up online uh, before the hard copies are available in the community so if you you know you just can't wait to read it uh, and who could blame you really um, you can read that online at mywestman.ca um, if you have a news story for us we definitely are always interested in what's going on in the community you can contact us uh, by phone at 476-3401 you can also uh, email us at news at nipwabanner.com uh, we would also love your ads we have a lot of different ways that we can help uh, showcase local businesses help support local businesses or events um, help you sell your stuff your home your vehicles whatever it is um, you know there's a lot of ways that we can help so I would highly recommend that if you have you have some business that you would like to do, you have maybe an individual that you would like to congratulate, uh, we can help you with all of that. You can contact us at the same phone number, 476-3401, or you can email ads at nipoabanner.com and uh, we can help you with that as well. Um, on behalf of myself, Kate Jackman-Atkinson, Owen Devro, and Cassandra Warehound, we are really pleased that you joined us this week, um, and we're looking forward to next week when some combination of, what would we have, a stable of five? when yeah. some combination of the five of us will be on taking you behind the stories behind next week's stories thank you for joining us <laughs>